Welcome to the Fearless Female Podcast, your home for business, mindset, and energetic motivation and inspiration. I'm your host, Zoe McKenna, and I believe that you can truly create a life where you make all the decisions. A life where you get to spend each day how you choose just by being exactly who you are. And the best part is, it's all inside of you already. My mission is to help you see just how unique you really are. Join me every week to uncover more about how you can use your mind to create a life that you love. Let's go. Crystal, I am so excited to have you here on the podcast. It's so exciting to have someone that's like an expert in human design and not just me kind of rambling on about what I've learned and my knowledge. Obviously, I did the certification with yourself and it was just incredible, like learning about human design. Obviously, we will dive a little bit deeper into what human design is, but I really just want to hear about your story of human design. Like how did it all start for you? How did you get into it? And how did you decide that you wanted to help and teach others around human design? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Zoe. I'm excited to be here and share more. Um, But yeah, my story started, I don't even, okay, I'm going to go for the short version. Um, But basically I, human design found me, I'm going to say that when I was at a point in my life, in my business that I was at complete burnout. So basically what had happened was I recently left my nine to five job to go full-time into entrepreneurship. I started my entrepreneurship journey in the online business coaching space. And I was, you know, listening to all the noise, trying to do all the marketing techniques that I was being taught and that I was being shown, um, online. And it was very just energy draining time, heavy, did not feel good, did not feel right. And I was also like, I did not have any other sources of income at the time other than my savings. And so I was in this place of urgency, of scarcity, pushing to make things happen. And I just found myself in like this, the worst burnout that I'd ever experienced in my life. And so my first business coach that I ever had was the one that actually introduced me to human design when I first um, jumped into the online space. At the time I came across it, I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like it just, I'm so into those personality tests, like MBTI, Enneagram and that kind of stuff. So I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. But then as I kind of dove into it, I'm like, I don't understand what any of this means. Cause you know, when you look at the chart, you're kind of overwhelmed with everything. Um, But when I was in that space of burnout, I'm like, you know what? Well, I've heard so many things about human design, helping with burnout. You know, I'm supposedly a projector, whatever that's supposed to mean. And I'm here to wait for the invitation. And, you know, my signature theme is supposed to be success. So let's just see what that even looks like. Like, I don't even, it's so new to me. Like, I don't know what that's going to feel like. I don't know what, if this is even true, like, (laughs) but I have nothing to lose here because I'm totally exhausted and I'm out of options. So, um, started to dig into human design again, when I was, just totally burnt out, exhausted. And I started to actually experiment and apply the specific tools that human design um, introduced me with, which is, you know, the strategy, the authority really leaned into my experiment. And within just that month, even just giving myself that permission slip to take a step back, to stop doing all the things that I thought I quote unquote should do. That's when things just became so no, I'm not going to say easy. I feel like that's kind of misleading things, you know, aren't 
like rainbows and butterflies, but things became so much more easy than they were before. You know, I wasn't trying to listen to all the noise. I was actually trusting myself to do. And that's where you really get to open up the path of least resistance for yourself. Um, And so that is, you know, as I started to lean into my experiment more, I felt this huge weight being lifted off my shoulders. I gained my energy back. I gained my clarity back. Like it's just when you're in that space of, um, I would say like anxiety, even like when you're just trying to do all the things and, you know, for me at that time, I could barely even breathe. And so for me, just taking that step back, giving myself permission to just wait a little bit and do what I already knew was right for me. That's when things kind of cleared up. That's when I gained my energy back. That's when I started to, again, see what it was that was actually calling me at the time um, and lifted a lot of resistance from my life and my business as well. So that's kind of what brought me to human design, just my experience with burnout and learning how to trust myself in my business. Yeah, that's incredible that like a tool like human design can really, you know, guide you out of that. And obviously it's such a powerful tool for business, but it's also a powerful tool if it is, if you are leading any kind of burnout and resistance in your life now I know a lot of people I mean I have a mix some people are starting a business or some people are maybe just feeling a lot of it you know stuck in areas of their life and they just don't know where to start and you've obviously talked about being at that place of feeling burnt out and you know just doing all the things that you feel like you're meant to be doing rather than listening to who you are and I know that's what human design is there for. It's there to, you know, decondition you and bring you back to your core. So for someone that's like really new to human design, and I always find this as well, like, you know, when I'm having conversations with just maybe people get a little bit like, oh, it's just a really spiritual woo-woo type of thing. Like what even is that? For me, I'm kind of like in the mix of like, I like, you know, I like the quantum physics part and obviously it's a mixture of quantum physics and spirituality. I like that it's based around energy. You know, it's not just all, I mean, obviously it uses the spiritual elements as well, but I like that it's actually a little bit more tangible as well. So Mm -hmm. can you just explain a little bit, you know, for someone that's like, maybe they're not in as deep to the spiritual side and maybe just wants an understanding of what it actually is, how it works and how it can actually help guide them out of that place of stuckness or burnout. Yeah. Um, So I would say human design at its most basic level is a self-awareness system, right? It's a self-discovery system that helps people understand themselves, their purpose, and their relationships better, the people around them better. And what human design is, is a synthesis of both ancient wisdom and modern science. So like you were saying, it's a mix of that quantum physics, biochemistry, genetics, and on the more esoteric side, the spiritual side, it's rooted in astrology, the chakras, Chinese I Ching and the Kabbalah. And it is a synthesis of these things to, you know, to help us, what you were saying, guide us back home to ourselves. I feel like that's the best kind of explanation for it. And Unlike a lot of other self-awareness tools that are out there that emphasize heavily on just the awareness aspect of it, like throwing you with all this information um, and not really knowing what to do with it, human design is very practical in that sense because it provides you with the specific tools 
according to your energy that you can apply to live out your highest potential, your unique potential, right? So for example, um, on one hand, it's an energy management tool that helps people how to use their energy in the most aligned way possible, in the best way possible. And it's also a self-empowerment tool to help people um, again, trust themselves, um, make the most aligned and authentic decisions possible, and also live out the most unique, authentic, and fulfilling life for yourself. And we ultimately say that human design, you know, isn't um, a belief system. It's not something that you have to believe in. It's just an experiment that you have to try out for yourself. And it's an experiment to be lived through these specific tools. Um, and yeah, so that's how I would explain human design and what it can do for you, because there's just so many different possibilities with this tool, especially if you're, you know, you're a coach, you're a service provider. It's something that is incredible for learning, you know, really understanding the uniqueness of every single being that, you know, certain things don't work for certain people and understanding what does work for certain people, right. And helping people guide themselves back to what is going to be the most fulfilling, most effective, most optimal for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, I mean, taking it back to, you know, a lot of it is centered around energy. There's obviously your energy type and your energy centers, which we can discuss a little bit more, but for someone that doesn't really understand how energy works, you know, how as human beings like how we are energetic beings like can you maybe just discuss a lot about that or even within the human design how our energy works yeah so human design is based on well one of the main theories that human design is based in and it's very similar to astrology is that we are basically influenced by stardust right there's this theory of what we call neutrinos in human design and it's basically again, the stardust that comes, the the particles that come from the sun. And what this does is it passes through different uh, celestial bodies, planets that carry specific, you know, characteristics, behavioral archetypes, and all of these different things that, you know, at the time of our birth in human design, we are basically imprinted with specific information about ourselves, you know, how we were designed to be, like what consistent gifts we have, perhaps areas where we're going to be more challenged and all of that kind of stuff. So the idea in human design is that, again, we are imprinted by specific energies based on the planets, based on, um, you know, the transits and all of that kind of stuff that influence how we're going to live our life or, you know, perhaps even what challenges we might face so that we can learn things that allow us to gather the wisdom that we need in order to grow, in order to teach others and help guide others as well in their lifetime. Um, and so again, we are built, we are made up of these building blocks of energy. And it's really, really cool when you see your chart, because then you get to see, you know, we, we can pretty much experience the whole range of different behaviors, different energies, but there are certain energies that you're going to see in your chart that are more consistent for you. These are more reliable for you. Whereas the areas where we're not consistent, this is where we tend to be challenged. So there's so much that human design can tell us in terms of energy. And one of the biggest things I think that people learn is that not all of us have a consistent, you know, life force energy to do things in the same way. Um, so you and I, you know, we're both projectors, we don't have that sustainable energy. And so when we try to do things in the same way as other people that do have it, we end up feeling burnt out, we end up feeling shame for not being able to keep up. So understand, 
understanding your energy, how you function as an energetic being is so useful in terms of learning how to navigate the world in a way that is actually aligned for you and not trying to shove yourself into someone else's template for how, you know, we are being taught to do things that end up leading us feeling miserable and burnt out. Yeah, I think it's so powerful to know your energy type. And just before we discuss the different types of energy types, well, in fact, let's just go and talk about the human the the different types first because it might give people an idea of you know how to all the different types and then we can kind of discuss from there how we can use that energy Mm -hmm. so in human design um basically there are four aura types um and so i'm going to say there are five different types I'm not going to go into too much detail around that, but basically when you learn about human design, there are different types of energy that we have, and this can dictate, this can tell you how you're meant to interact with the world around you. Um, This is also how you uh, communicate. You know, it tells you so much about who you are at your core, right? And so starting off with the generators and manifesting generators, Um, these make up around 67% of the population. These are known to be the great builders of society. This is what I was talking about when I mentioned that there are certain types, energy types that have that sustainable energy that have that consistent energy and that endurance to work perhaps for longer hours to, you know, commit, you know, as long as they commit to the process and they are aligned to what they're doing, they have such an incredible amount of energy that they're here to generate and to bring to the rest of us, right? These are people that are here to do what they love. And this is what brings them certain satisfaction in their life. And of course, one of their challenges and what can possibly lead them to burnout is when they're not, you know, living in alignment to what is calling them, you know, when they're not living in alignment to what's lighting them up and they live in the shoulds, they're doing all these things that they should be doing, even though it's like, "Mm, I really want to say no, or I really do not want to go down that path. And so that's one of the lessons that they're here to learn, to really learn to live in alignment to what we call their response, you know, their essentially their, their gut, right. Mm -hmm. So to speak. And so the next type that we have, um, and actually just to kind of give a bit of a background around the manifesting generators. Manifesting generators are a subtype of the generators. So this is what we, you know, like to call our fifth type um, for some schools of human design. And manifesting generators tend to be a bit more impatient. They tend to move a little bit faster. They have a gift of efficiency. And again, one of their challenges is that they have so many different interests. They want to do so many things. They have the energy to do these things. And they fear um, you know, being seen as all over the place. And so they really need to give themselves that permission slip to explore the depths of the, you know, their interests, as long as it's lighting them up, as long as it feels good for them and not fear living in a non-linear way. Right. Yeah. On the, Can we just, sorry, before we move to the other ones, could we maybe just go over the strategy for each one as well? So yeah. that if people are listening and they think, or they already know, like that is me, like what strategy they can follow because their strategy is kind of like you know the tool that we can navigate and I feel like it'd be quite good for people if they find out that's what they are they'll have a little bit to know take away with how they can you know make their decisions yeah and so generators and manifesting generators because they have that um that life force energy that abundant life force energy how they are designed to you know 
make sure and discern what they're doing is actually in alignment for them is to wait to respond, right? Rather than just go out there and initiate right away to listen to what their gut is telling them, you know, wait for that gut response. What we say in human design is that sacral response, right? Is it a, uh-huh when you're like leaning into something? Do you feel that um, expansive energy generating towards something? Or do you feel completely flat and do you not have any kind of response at all, right? That's essentially what you want to wait for and listen to before you actually go and initiate something. And ideally for generators and manifesting generators, the things that they're responding to are things that just show up around them, show up in their external environment, right? If there is like a thought or an idea that they have in their mind, it becomes very beneficial to, again, wait until something shows up to confirm or validate that and listen to what that response is telling them before jumping in and taking action. Because what can sometimes happen is they can be distracted by so many different things that are not actually in alignment to them. They might be pressured by the shoulds um, and this can you know, cause them to act or react rather than respond, react out of a place of fear, urgency, and scarcity, initiate all of these things and misuse their energy, right? Use their energy in this very inefficient way. And so waiting to respond allows them to not only identify what's going to lead them to satisfaction, but also open up that sacral response, open up that sacral center, what we say in human design, which is how they gain access to that in, uh, endurance, how they gain access to that abundant energy. So again, if you're manifesting generator or generator, you really want to wait to respond to something, you know, listen to that gut. What is that gut telling you? Is it expansive? And then if it is go for that thing, right? The next one that we have, it's very opposite of the manifesting generator and the generator. We have projectors and projectors are what Zoe and I are. Yeah. Uh, projectors are known to be the guides in human design. They're very insightful, intuitive, and they have this gift of seeing others at their core, right? They have this gift of seeing, um, you know, they're also known as the seers. So they they can see the gifts and talents of others. They see this new, this big perspective and they're here to be the new paradigm leaders. What their challenge is, is that they don't have this consistent access to life force energy, right? And when they try to keep up with other generators or manifesting generators, especially in the business world, right? We try to adapt different strategies that are not meant for us. It can lead us towards burnout. It can lead us towards bitterness. We're like, why isn't this working for me? Why is it working for this person? <laughs> you know, what's wrong with me? It creates a lot of shame. And so projectors really have to learn how to use their energy efficiently. It's not to say that we can't be um, successful business owners. It's not to say that we can't, um, you know, experience abundant energy, but we just have to be very discerning with how and when we use it. And so one of the strategies and the main strategy for projectors to use their energy in the most efficient way is to learn to wait for recognition and the invitation, right? So instead of going out there and trying to initiate all these things, um, it's all about preparing 
for what's to come. It's about immersing yourself, you know, during this waiting period, immersing yourself in your studies, in your learning, mastering systems, um, working on that, or not working on that, but prioritizing self-care so that you become seen, you become recognized for either your energy, your expertise, your value that you have to provide. And just, you know, sharing from that space instead of trying, you know, the key is to not try to be seen and to be heard, but to just be it, to be that person that you're going to be recognized for. And then as you become recognized, it's receiving that invitation and discerning, okay, well, which of these invitations are actually something that I want to do that I want to commit myself to. And it's through these invitations. um, And again, it can be invitation to love. It can be invitations to uh, business, to careers, to moving. You might've noticed a lot of projectors get a lot of their opportunities through invitations. And so um, what was I saying with that? Oh yeah. (laughs) I was going to say what, because a lot of projectors come, I mean, I'm in my mastermind at the moment. I mean, 70% are projectors. So I feel like projectors work well with projectors because they kind of understand and get each other. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the things that come up is like, they don't know what that invitation looks like, or they don't know if they should be doing things, they don't be proactive. And then it's like that level of you know do nothing or can they still you know be proactive and do things in collaborations ask to be on podcasts ask to do things you know Mm -hmm. how does that invitation look and how can they still be proactive and and move forward whilst also waiting at the same time yeah and I feel like so I feel like there's a huge misconception that waiting means not being proactive in any way. It means being, uh, you know, some people think it means sitting on the couch and just kind of wishful thinking and waiting for things to happen, but waiting for the, for the invitation can look like also, and when we talk about the invitation, the key to invitations is that recognition piece, right? There should be not should, I mean, I don't, I don't like that word, but (laughs) ideally there is recognition in place. You know, someone recognizes you for maybe your knowledge set that you have, your expertise, your skills, your, your energy, your, your being right. There's something there that people recognize in you. And so when it comes to like, let's say in business, for example, right. If there is that mutual recognition there, like if you let's say, for example, you want to collaborate with someone and you know that uh, you see something in them, you can recognize them, right? For what it is that they want or what it is that they, that you see in them. And then you can extend that invitation. There's nothing saying that like you absolutely cannot invite, but it the key with waiting for the invitation is obviously not making it something that you're constantly doing, you know, not trying to initiate things all the time. Um, that's how ideally you're saving your energy for the things that actually matter. Right. Um, and the key, again, I don't like to say that you, um, can't do anything, right. If you see someone that needs help, if you see someone that could definitely benefit from, you know, what it is that you do, there's nothing wrong with, casting out a line is what one of my mentors says, um, Chitam Parkin, right. (laughs) Casting out a line and seeing if anyone bites and if not, then, you know, go somewhere else. Maybe you're not in the right environment where you're being recognized for, for your gifts and talents. Maybe you need to go to another environment where you are going to be recognized for those gifts and talents. Um, and again, if you notice, and one of the things that I didn't really mention, but you know, we each have our 
not self themes, right? And signature themes. And so when you, when projectors experience the sense of bitterness, this is what we call our not self theme. This can be a signpost that maybe it's time to peel back a bit from <laughs> trying to do all the things from, you know, trying to cast out too many lines and then just waiting and see what happens from there. But in my experience, in my business, the people that I brought onto my team, there was a mutual sense of recognition there. They recognized me for what I was doing and I recognized them. And when I approached them, I verbalized exactly what it is that I saw in them, what it is that I felt like I could see them doing within my business. And, you know, I invited them, you know, if this is something that you're interested in, then like, by all means, like you can mm -hmm. say, no, I'm not just, attached to it. Right. Just to expand on that for people that do have a business and, you know, have a team or maybe they're a leader. Do you tend to find people's human design before you work with them? Or do you work with specific types or is there like specific types that are compatible in certain, you know, business areas or as leaders or in certain roles? Um, so I think there's like, you can kind of go both ways with this. Like, I do believe that there are certain, um, like synergies that can come together when different types work together, but I also wouldn't necessarily like discriminate based on type. Like I also <laughs> have another projector on my team that does like a lot of the content creation and that's what she loves to do. Right. And Actually, also within the academy, we have uh, Brandy, who's our community manager. She's a manifester. And so she's also the one that's like initiating all the students in the group. And then we have Eva, who's also, who's a manifesting generator. So she's a sacral being. And she also helps with like a lot of the, the coaching calls and stuff like that and serving the students. So there's definitely a lot of synergies that can happen when different types come together. But I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, as I, I think what I would guide you to do is to trust your strategy and authority, you know, when it comes to discerning who you want to bring onto your team, you can use human design, of course, as, um, one of the factors like, you know, information, but ultimately trusting your gut. If you're, you know, <laughs> if you're a sacral being, if you're a generator, manifesting generator to trust who you want to bring on your team and what it is that you want to do. And yeah. Like I would, yeah. I would go that route if that makes sense. I always find it would be powerful because obviously as someone that runs a business, I found all their human designs and not to discriminate or to choose and pick, but even just to understand their types yes. so that, mm -hmm. you know, I think it'd be really good in, in the workplace as well for people to understand their employees or people's human design, because it means that they can understand how they work and maybe adapt their working style to suit that type you know, so that they could get the best out of them. I feel like that would be quite a useful way to use mm -hmm. it as well. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's exactly what you said. Like, it's not just for recruitment, but it's also for like learning how to work with other people. Once you know what their type is, learning how to communicate with other people uh, that might be different from you in order to work together in the most harmonic way, I guess you could yeah. say. Right. Yeah. And let's, so let's go on to the <laughs> manifestors because these are quite intriguing. I know a couple of manifestors. Um, my husband's brother's a manifester. It's funny how design types can be different types of people, but it actually makes sense when you understand the type working. So the manifestors I find really intriguing. So I'll let you explain a little bit more about them and obviously their strategy and everything so that 
if anyone recognizes that they can kind of follow their strategy. Yeah. So manifestors are, well, first of all, manifestors make up around 9% of the population and they are the initiators of the group. These are the ones that, you know, don't have to wait for a response. They don't have to wait for an invitation. They have that gift of being able to do, to, you know, to act independently and to create impact, right? They have this very powerful presence, this very dense aura that kind of, you know, protects itself from other people and also pushes different energies out of the way so that they can make impact, right? They're known to be the innovators. They're here to create change and do things differently. And so what their strategy is because they have that dense aura, because they have that aura that again, it's very powerful. And sometimes it can be interpreted as intimidating. Sometimes they also even have a tendency to be secretive with what they're doing because as kids, they might've been, you know, told no, right. These are very independent people. And so they become secretive and don't, and sometimes fall into the habit of not telling people what it is they're doing. And it can create friction in their relationships, or it can create, you know, um, just some little conflicts, even miscommunication in their relationships and work as well. And so their strategy to clear up that path or to open up the door to to the path of least resistance is to inform, right? To inform before they initiate. Essentially, it's not to ask for permission to do anything. It's simply keeping that open line of communication with your partner, with um, you know your boss, your coworkers, maybe your team if you run a business. Just keeping that open line of communication so that they're not feeling like they're left in the dark, so that they can support you as well in doing the thing that you're trying to do, uh, whether it's starting a new project, building a new business, right? Informing people helps other people support you in the way that you want to be supported. Because as much as manifestors are these independent beings, there's nothing more that gives them peace than being supported by the people that they love, right? So informing the people that are going to be affected by your decisions can be very, very helpful. Can you give an example for someone that's maybe like, I don't really know how to use that strategy of to inform. Yeah. Um, yeah, just so that they can kind of get an idea of how they can actually use that. Mm-hmm. So just as um, I think a very common example that I've experienced with my clients is, you know, you have manifestors that are business owners and they work with their teams manifestors are very quick moving, right? Sometimes they will start all these tasks, maybe change things um, and do things really quickly and then forget to tell their team uh, what's going on. And so instead of just going off and doing their own thing and then their team being lost and like not being able to, you know, support them in in any way, it can be very helpful for them to just say like, Hey, um, you know, whether it's your assistant, whether, whether it's whoever it is that's on their team, I'm going to be doing this or even just sending a quick email. Like, this is what I'm up to. Um, I won't be, you know, if you want to be alone, just say, I won't be available until this day, until this day, um, because I'm going to be working on this and then just going off and doing your thing. Right. So then they know their team knows either not to interrupt them or understands like how they can best support them while they're away and doing their thing on their kind of creative uh, wave is what we like to call it as well. Yeah, no, that's a really good example. So I'm guessing if it's like in a relationship or something like that, it would be like 
this is what I'm doing today yeah. or I, I really need space like <laughs> exactly I need it like I'm feeling this way so just not what I'm hearing is like not asking you know can I do this can I do that but just saying in a nice tone and obviously how you frame it is probably the most important way um yeah. but to kind of say like this is what I'm doing I need like just to let you know I'm going to be here I'm going to be there this is when I'll be back just so that the other person feels like they, they're in the know with you and mm-hmm. then you know you're feeling like you've told everyone kind of what you're doing so now you have that kind of least resistance is that right exactly yeah no that's a perfect example yeah and yeah. it's very very common as well so even like leaving a text by the way I'm going out to the store I'll be back in five minutes right like just something very very simple you don't need to over explain right just telling them like what's happening and where you're gonna be and it doesn't again like it doesn't have to be all um like creepy or anything like that like (laughs) telling them every second of what you're doing but just being courteous I think that's the the key as well yeah just to avoid that kind of secretive nature so Mm -hmm. the people kind of get what you're doing and where you are that you know that care and you're not just hiding away and yeah exactly and hope that yeah no one's going to bother you because I know from like just I think it's really good to know energy types so you can relate it to people like that's how mm-hmm. I found it really useful like I've found everyone's human design so when I'm learning more about it I relate it to that person so it, I think it's quite good to even understand yeah. your family around you even if you're not like a certain a certified you know human design reader or anything but just to understand how their energy works and obviously know even this amount of knowledge is really helpful and I know like my husband's brother he's a manifester but he lives like the very free life and he is very like just like leaves and does his own thing which is fine but like nobody really yeah (laughs) I don't think he's in that informing stage you know to tell people Mm -hmm um what he's doing because it's probably easier you know as a manifester to just be like right I'm shutting out the world I just want a peaceful life but then yeah it could cause resistance you know for themselves so that makes so much sense I think it'll really help people understand that whole strategy for manifestors and then we've got reflectors which I've never I still don't know a, a reflector so I need to find someone in my life that's a reflector <laughs> I'd love for you to just like say about these obviously they're one of the rarest I'll let you explain a little bit about that and kind of their strategy as well yeah so reflectors like Zoe said are the rarest type they make up around one percent of the population um and these are the sensitive and wise energy types the aura types right they are here to reflect back to us how we're doing because they're you know they're called reflectors Uh, because they're very sensitive and open to the energy around them. They're constantly sampling the energy around them and, you know, taking it in and amplifying it. Right. So if you were to put a reflector in a room full of miserable people, they would take that misery in and they'd amplify it. If you put a reflector in a room of people that are happy and joyful and, you know, loving life, they'll take that in and they'll reflect it right back. So they become that kind of like measuring stick, that barometer of how people are doing around them, how their environment is doing around them. And that's what they're here to do. Reflectors are also types that, you know, do not have that consistent energy. And because they're very, very open and they don't have a lot of consistency to them, they're what we call lunar beings. You know, they have, um, an attunement to the moon. They don't have any, you know, consistent 
way of getting that, you know, coming to clarity around things, but they do have a mechanism that is attuned to, you know, the moon cycles and how it moves through the different energies in human design, right? So their strategy is to wait a lunar cycle, to wait a lunar cycle, that 29 and a half days period, um, before making a big decision, right? Before just jumping into things. Because another thing to know about reflectors is that these are people that are not meant to be rushed. These are people that are meant to be in their own flow. And when they're rushed to do things too soon, it can lead them to disappointment. It can lead them to just feeling a lot of regret. And ultimately, you know, if you actually, I know 29, 29 and a half days, it sounds like a lot, but if you speak to a lot of reflectors, and this has been my experience with the reflectors that I've worked with, it's actually not anything strange for them. It's not something that is uh, intimidating to do. In fact, a lot of reflectors like to wait a long time to make certain decisions, but it's that pressure that they feel from other people that they end up, you know, committing to things prematurely. And again, this leads them to the cycle of disappointment. And so in order to avoid that disappointment, in order to be surprised by life around them, it becomes really, really important for them to just take their time before making big decisions. Right. And then ultimately, I think another thing that's really, really important, um, beyond, just waiting those 29 and a half days, like let's say it's for something small, or let's just say it's for um, like day-to-day decisions. What's really important for them in order to make the most aligned decisions on a day-to-day basis is being in the right environment, you know, being in an environment where they feel supported, where they feel like they're being appreciated, uh, where they're, you know, they're allowed to, let's say, for example, take the breaks that they need to take, you know, they're being supported for their well-being. Um, and that is what's going to help them make even better decisions on a day-to-day basis, right? Things just kind of unravel from there. Yeah. So from your experience of working with some reflectors, would you say in terms of, you know, their work, are they better, you know, running their own business or are they better in a specific type of job? What has kind of been your experience of like, maybe reflectors that do feel in alignment Mm -hmm. I feel like so ultimately I feel like any type can be any specific job but what I do see from reflectors again like I've seen reflector business owners and I think the key is just creating a community around you that is supportive of you right? I think that's the key for any reflectors in their workplace like whether or not you're a doctor whether or not you're I don't know, uh, an accountant (laughs) in an office, right? Just making sure that you're being surrounded by people that are supportive of you, people that feel like home for you, that feel good uh, or healthy for you to be with, um, because that's what's ultimately going to lead them to the most satisfaction or, you know, the most surprise. And also, again, like just fulfillment Mm -hmm. in their life, the relationships and the environment around them. And then when it comes to like, let's say you're starting a business as a reflector, Um, again, it doesn't mean that just because right off the bat, you don't have anyone around you that you can't be successful in that. It's just, you're going to be doing things differently. You're going to be doing things your own way. And what can help a lot of reflectors is just like being involved. And again, it depends on your profile. There's so many other factors, but, um, you know, possibly even 
finding different communities to sample, to be part of, to see where you, um, you know, thrive, where you can learn from and just allowing yourself to, to be surprised by, you know, the things that you learn and the people that you see and the people that you encounter around you. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And it's funny that, you know, it's hard to find. It's quite nice to understand. So I know like, you know, if other people are listening and they're like, oh, I really want to like find who's a reflector in my life. It's quite like, I will leave the link of like how you can find your design and everything like that after. But um, I think it's, it's quite good to understand your energy type, you know, and obviously now knowing the strategy, I think that's a really good start. What, why would you kind of say that people need to know their human design? What can it really do for them? You know, whether that's just life or business, like why would someone want to come and get a reading or, you know, find out more about their own human design? Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest reason is because we are not given a template for, you know, we're not given a roadmap for how to live our most aligned lives, how to live our most fulfilling lives. We're kind of just handed this, you know, standard, this path of get a, you know, go to university, graduate from university, get a job, buy a house, get married, you know, that typical kind of path. But when we try to fit ourselves in a path, that's not actually in alignment for us. When we try to shove ourselves, shove ourselves into boxes, or maybe even try to adapt methods, strategies, techniques, career paths, anything that is not actually in alignment to us and our personal truth, that is what leads us down to burnout. That is what leads us down to feeling like lost and stuck in life. You know, not understanding why we hate our job, not knowing where to go, not knowing what to do. And so when you understand yourself, you can make choices that are in alignment to who you are, make choices that are in alignment to your truth. And that is where you're going to find the most peace, the most satisfaction, the most success, the most, um, I think I'm missing what surprise, you know, in, in your life and ultimately live out the authenticity that you are here to always have lived out. Right. And that is what's going to lead you to the most again, fulfilling circumstances in your life. So rather than living a life that is just constantly push, pull and resistance, right? It doesn't have to be always like that. You can op- you can lift up resistance as it comes um, and you don't have to get stuck in that place and you can actually move forward and walk on the path that you were meant to walk. So yeah, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why, because understanding who we are is what allows us to live in alignment to that, right? Yeah, no, that's such a beautiful answer. And so like, I feel like human design is needed, you know, for everyone that can, like, there's not one person that couldn't benefit from human design. And I think the more you explore it and it is a rabbit hole, like you do kind of get like, wow, there's so many elements. Obviously we've touched on like the most basic stuff. There's your authority and then we can go into gates and channels, which is really important. You know, I do feel like it can really help you on the journey, but just knowing that, I think it's like a really good start. And then for people that do have a business and want to integrate, you know, human design into their business, which is what I did. You know, I now integrate into my courses and my coaching which has been amazing obviously you do a certification for people as well which is incredible I will also leave the link for your certification because it was so good like and for (laughs) someone like 
me and how I learn like I love the fact that you know how you lay it all out and how you have it like audio and visual and like resources and it was very in-depth and you know I always kind of recommend it to people so um yeah I'll just hand it over to you to where people can come and find you because you have so many amazing resources so many Mm -hmm. amazing videos and if people want to learn more and find out more um let us know where they can find you Yeah, I think the first place to start if you're new to human design um, is to check out my YouTube channel, right? I have a ton of free videos that you can watch on the basics of human design. I go more in depth into each of the energy types and you'll start to learn all the other different aspects. Um, So you can find me on YouTube. Just, I think if you type in human design or if you just type in Crystal Alferrero, um, you'll find all the videos there. And if you want to actually bring human design into your practice and, you know, maybe you've experimented with human design a bit and you're wanting to use it professionally. Um, like Zoe had mentioned, I have the human design Academy, which is basically your one-stop shop for all human design education, self-study courses, and also our certification, uh, program. So that one you can get on the wait list right now. We're going to start again in 2023 when we open it up and we also have a self-paced option and yeah, we just bring you through, like we have an incredible community in THDA. THDA is the human design Academy. Um, and yeah, so again, like there's so many things that you can learn and there's just so much depth that you can bring to your, your client's transformation when you understand what their energy is, when you understand the challenges that they're facing and why, and have the tools, have the, the, the guidance that you can provide to shift them from, you know, maybe a shadow, maybe a struggle into, um, a higher state into a more expansive state that will actually move them closer towards their goals instead of keeping them stuck. Right. Um, so yeah, there's just so many different ways. And again, I think the one other place you can find me is on Instagram, of course. Um, Crystal Alferrero, that's my handle and also the human design Academy. And yeah, if you have any questions, you can always just DM me or send me an email. Yeah, absolutely. And your videos on YouTube are amazing. Like it's so good to kind of get that base knowledge. So I will leave all the links below anyway, for anyone that wants to go over. Thank you so much, Crystal, for coming on the podcast. I think your wisdom and everything you've shared is really going to help guide people. And I really appreciate you. Thank you, Zoe. Wow, I absolutely loved that conversation. Anything to do with human design, I love. And I did my certification about a year ago with Crystal and the Human Design Academy. And I have to say it was incredible. And I still go back to it to this day because human design is so in-depth we have literally just touched on the base surface of it. We can go further into gates and channels and we can look at the astrology part and the incarnation crosses and profile types. There's so many things that tells you everything and everyone's so unique in their chart and their blueprint. And that's exactly why I love it because it's the biggest self-awareness tool that you will ever get. And I'm leaning more into it in my business every single day and helping others do the same. Um, I am doing readings at the moment, so I will leave the link if you want to book a reading with myself or if you have any more questions. And if you are interested in being a certified human design reader, I will leave Crystal's link in the show notes below as well. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in next week's episode.